Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast. Proudly sponsored by the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey. The Bombs Express is back. And as we continue these pre season team potties, we'll have a look at Carlton and the Magpies uh, today, Corey. But before we do that, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter uh, and iTunes. No, sorry, Twitter and uh, Patreon at SC Elites. There we go. Sorry, Bons. Mark that one. Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And a big shout-out to supercoachchampion.com for surprise- supplying us with a beautiful Supercoach ring this season. Um, mate, we're back again. Here we are. Me, you, no Brett, no surprise. No, well, I two mean, days in a row. Probably only mention Brett's name if he's decided to rock up one day, Corey. Maybe thought. once a year. Yeah. What's well, the over under line for Brett attending a podcast? No, zero point five. I don't think he will rock up this year at all. Has not come to one. Well, why would he? Yeah. Um, he's, he's got too busy working, isn't he? Oh, well, apparently he's got as many excuses as you can find. He's got. Oh well, and he, you know what the sad thing is? He only ever uses one on working. <laughs> uh, protecting the community. Um, what uh, you excited, Carl? Well, well, Corey, how can I not be? I mean, we're finally back in the finals, and um, I can't believe we've actually made the prelim this year. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to the weekend to see if uh, we're going to make the granny and, and finally take home some silverware. Yeah, you're saying this so just in case something miraculously happens, you can come back and cut the take. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Very good. Um, but they stopped the Wizard Cup, in all seriousness, Bob. So. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, look, I'll probably just sit back and listen for the first half of the podcast. My oh, first half, well, I mean, first six and a half hours. Uh, while you just waffle on before we get to Collingwood and... That'll go for about 15 minutes, so I haven't really got too much to say there. We're, you know, I've actually got a lot to say about Collingwood. I think this is, this is too... Now, I know we go for them, so we might be a bit more biased, but this is two of, I reckon, the um, more popular kind of teams in terms of super coach relevance this year. I think there is so many options when we consider forwards, defenders, midfielders, ruckmen, and all the rest of it. Um, probably the dogs, I reckon, are probably the only other team that we can have a really good kind of chat about. Because <laughs> I think there's funny too, because the dogs are the only one that is like, nah, there's too many, so I'm not fucking picking any of them. Yeah, and with these two, I'm probably picking fucking yeah, exactly. all of them. Yeah, teams are absolutely <laughs> fucking loaded of Carlton and Collingwood players. So, if oh. I do the count, I've got two, four, Four, six. Oh, I don't have any more four line. Okay, six, seven. Actually, I've got seven Collingwood and Carlton players currently. I'll get mine up. Sorry, I've got yeah one, two. It combined. Did you say? Yeah, combined. Yeah, yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven. Oh, be interesting to see if we have the same ones. No, I'd assume we probably would. We might. Yep. So there you go. Um, and to be fair, it should be one extra, but I haven't found the $12,000 to bring in the last guy, but I think I will. There you go. Good luck. Good luck finding that, my friend. But we'll get stuck into that. So the rookies, I reckon, for the Blues, because that's probably where we should start off, Corey. Um, there's going to be nothing, I reckon, in this space. Um, but if someone is going to debut, I reckon it might be that uh, Carol fella. Now, we lo- we all love a draft slider, and it just so happens that the draft slider landed at the Blues this year. So he was classed as one of the best midfielders, they reckon, in the draft, Corey. And um, from what I've heard, 
hasn't put a foot wrong this preseason. Um, and uh, at 117,000, look, at the moment he kind of sits on the on the uh, on the bench, um, not with a lot of confidence though, um, because I just think with where Carlton are at, they're they're probably sick of blooding youth and talented players, and the guys they've kind of given the game experience to are the, are the ones they're looking to really kind of propel and um, obviously win the grand final this year, Corey, after yeah. they win. Yeah, but I do like the touch out of that too, because he could go play off a half forward flank as well. He's 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 good enough, kind of to to come into the contest and 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 get his own pill and do his own thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if Carlton actually gave him a go early. Yeah, it'd be interesting um, to see what happens in that space. Um, but then, I mean, if he's the only one kind of selected, we end up with him. But I think if he does have that kind of role, what does that look like? How does it all kind of you know, come about. We saw Philp kind of come in and play a couple of those games in that small yeah. forward role last year and probably scored 20 in both games. So it's not a point conducive uh, role and there's probably too many players now on the Carlton team that'll be stealing points anyway, I would have thought. They've brought in two players in the preseason that'll probably average 200 between them, I would have thought. Yeah, it was it was tough to find the Carlton rookie, so much so that I've got names written down like Stocker and uh, Paddy Dow at 202k. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, um, it's not the worst thing you could say about Paddy Dow because this is the year. I was going to say, what is it? Year three or four? This is number four for yeah. him. Yeah, if he was this ever gonna, the... if he was ever gonna take the next step, it has to be now. Has to be now, or he's absolutely cooked his his chance. I think. Um, now, I don't know if you've seen preseason pictures because everyone looks good at this point of the year, but this guy looks big, which is what he, he... needed to do. He looks big. Now, whether or not that's going to trend, because he still can't kick the football. He's got to fix that, Corey. I think that's the, the main issue when it comes to him. But if he's learned how to kick the footy, Corey, and his body's finally caught up to the probably the physique he needs to be sort of relatively competitive on the field, and, and uh, we could be looking at a bargain there. But not even myself, the diest of uh, Carlton supporters, will entertain the idea of Paddy Dow in my starting lineup. I think I prefer players like Joe Danaher at this point. I was going to say, as a 202k forward mid, like he's lining up the likes of Danaher. I'm Z- telling you, the closer you get to the season, the more tempting it's going to get. Oh, fuck. And you know what? I'm happy there's not three fucking preseason games because yep. he might have scored 90 in all three of them and I would have got sucked into it. So um, that that's a benefit, I reckon. And look, unfortunately, he's been a bit of a whipping boy to this point, and the last thing I reckon you want to do is spend 200k on a bloke that might play three games, all of a sudden averages 60 across those three games, and then he's dropped and not seen team. for a period of time. It's um, yeah, it's not something. I think when you spend that 200k, you want to be pretty confident that he's sort of best 22 material, and unless he takes that step, he's not, and and that's a, so that's a big risk. He's owned in four percent of teams, so people obviously kind of like the name there, and. Look, at the end of the day, not every top draft pick ends up to be a top player um, or even a relevant player in the Supercoach world. So don't get too sucked into that. Uh, your mid-pricer? Um, now, the mid I mean, I don't know what the categories are for mid-pricer in terms of prices. Um, can I say as well, just on rookies, I've seen people um, go for Brody Kemp, Corey. Um, so that was the bloke that was injured in his first year, done his legs, still owned by 3% of teams. The bloke's injured again this preseason. He's 123K, so don't go near him. Um, Zach Williams, Corey. Um, and now this is, you know, 458 defender. I just don't think there's much more of a... Um, 
It's a bit cheat, cheating there a little bit, Bomb. That's meant to fall into the primo category, but I'll leave Is he? away with it. Yeah. Was it sub? Well, Carlton have got too many primos to talk about, Corey. Yeah, look, I went Nick Newman just because of, um, of Zach Williams not being in that category. It's it's really hard to, yeah, to see any kind of mid-range Carlton player being super relevant. Um, yep, yeah, I agree because the usual kind of suspects like SPS who are floating around there and all the rest of it, there are. Uh, I think unfortunately they're just not not options. Um, no, they and do it's the either shit every year. It's it's got to be top end or. Or no end, I think, for, for Carlton. Anyway, I'll cheat. It's Zach Williams. He will average, I think, 100 on the season. Cripper uh, now, a couple of days ago, was actually talking about him. And one of the things he was actually most impressed about was his ability to kind of tackle. And um, and an interesting comment made by Johnny Barker as well a couple of days ago, the midfield coach, was talking about how he will play more midfield time than what he was accustomed to at GWS. But that doesn't necessarily mean, Corey, that he's going to be playing pure mid. Um, he will still continue to play off that black uh, play off that back flank, which is um, not something I'm surprised with because I've been, you know, now chats about football this year. I've said to you that I think Doherty is going to run through there, and um, I think what will happen is Williams, um, Doherty, and I think even Saad might even push up to those kind of wings and just offer a bit of pace and ball use kind of through that midfield and support, and um, sort of two of them will be in the back line at any given point. And um, and then the other one will be up around the midfield, and you can probably even throw Tom Williamson into that kind of mix as well, because Nick Newman coming back from injury will hold down one of those back pocket spots. I would have thought. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's such a challenge to see where all these kind of Carlton players fit into the jigsaw puzzle, um, especially with ZW coming in. So, um, yeah, on to your primo. Um, Corey. It's Batman or Robin. I mean, who do you want? Yeah. I mean, Batman I mean, being Walsh and Robin being... Obviously. Yeah. Cripps. I mean, is his understudy. Did, did you see it now? He was being a bit cheeky, Cripps. I, I don't mind his cheekiness sometimes, Corey. He reckons, uh, you know, he's just going to go... He, he said the other day, I'm going to go back to doing what I do best. And that's just like giving the ball to like, you know, good players like Walsh and just letting them run <laughs> around me. And but you, you know what I like about that? I like the fact that he's his size, he's focused on getting his size back. And you know what that means to me? Enough of this bullshit about getting him some fucking support. Just let him play his one wood. Yeah. What you do good, Cripper, is you get the fucking contested pill. Now get it out to the fucking fast pricks who can kick the ball like Williams, who you've brought into the club, and start doing some fucking damage. Don't get too fucking fancy sitting there fucking full forward, centre-half forward. Hey, Cripps, mate, yeah, you know, you get out of here. Let's let fucking Will Setterfield get the ball. Fuck off. Will fucking, you, you're good at something. Just fucking do it. I, um, the other thing with Cripper too, contract year bumps. Oh, Always Corey, a big year. It's it's a fucking non-issue. And if I've got to hear anything about a contract, I mean, I'd take a bet with any fucking dickhead in the community or anyone who wants to fucking head-to-head a bet where he's playing football next year. He will sign with Carlton. I mean, that is a fucking... It's a, it's just a non-issue. Like, it's it's going to be played up as an issue and let it be played up as an issue. He knows what he's worth. Whether he has the most fantastic year or a shit year, he's going to get the same fucking dollars. It's literally not going to matter. No, I think the same bottom dollar is there. 
The same bottom dollar is there. No, nah, the ceiling. No, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't believe in that because if, even if you had a rip a year, they're not going to all of a sudden say, "Here, mate, here's another fucking hundred grand." Nah, a year. they're not going to do that. A Frio or a West Coast will, and that's fucking. when it, that's when it comes into play. That mate, he right, wants to play fucking to, finals. Got... Let me tell you this: he wants to play finals. He's not going to fucking Frio. And and West Coast just announced the other day the whole playing list take a three and a half percent pay cut so they can stay under the fucking cap, Corey. It's a non-issue. He's not going anywhere but playing for Carlton, and any fucking idiot that says otherwise is just stupid. Anyway, back to my point. Contract year. Players always perform well in contract years, so... No, it won't make a difference anyway. Anyway, at 5.23, I'll tell you what, we're being kissed on the uh, proverbial dick here, Corey, because um, <laughs> how do you not start that at M4? Last year, just not play a like, impact into your mind at all. Why? Well, because it was shit. But was shipped by his standards, no doubt. But at 5.23, are you really not going to pick a player who the year before came off 120 average? Well, it's not my question. I'm not picking players based off 20... What what year was it? 2019. Yeah. My question was, does 2020 not come into your mind at all? No, not at all, Corey. I'll tell you what, if he has another poor one, then I won't be this boyish going into the season after. But... I think you you got to back someone like this to bounce back. He's the captain of the club. He wants the club to succeed. His body's gone back to kind of that physical shape. It says to me that he's going to be the guy again in the midfield. I think realistically, um, you know, is he going to be as good as he was in 2019? Probably not because he does have other players now around him who can score points. There's no doubt about that. But at 5.23, I mean, with a guy who... You've got the history that Cripp does. I mean, it's it's a it's a hard one not to not to pay up because imagine when you walk into your head to head every week and your your opposition player's got Cripps and the VC or the C's on him. You're thinking, "Fuck, is he going to drop a 180?" Mm. Now you're a big um... fuck. I just lost my train of thought. Then, Bob. So Bullshit. Had it. Had it. No. No. Um... Yeah, you're, you're sorry. You're a big uh, believer in you know the injury problems and you know not backing people players too much with injury histories and stuff. Does that not worry you at all? Well, what injury history is, has he had? He comes up with niggles every single fucking year. He's got a sore knee or a sore shoulder or a sore... Does he play through them, Corey? Knee. Yeah, but does it not affect his scores? I think You're saying games, last year they didn't that didn't affect his scores? I think in some games you're protected and, um, and in others... Um, well, it just depends. I mean, you're never 100% fit, but he still kind of takes to the field. I think that's a positive. Because I, you know, he still gets out onto the field, so he's not per se missing games. He's only missed two games in the last three seasons. Yes, he might be banged up, but you look at those last three seasons, and two of those averages were 119 and 117 in, in back-to-back years. And then he's what's he gone 97-ish last year? I want to say. Yeah, and the natural progression of Carlton just helps his score. I think that's the one that scares me a little bit because I think they've brought in Williams and Saad who can score 200 points a week. And so, obviously, there's, you know, being a a capped kind of game, there's limited points then on the field. But um, you've got a bloke who's averaged near on 120 in the two seasons prior, and he's priced at 5.23. You you talk about risk very reward. He's he's not going to go down in average. What's the average? One ten. Yep. How do you take that? I think. Look at five twenty three. It's enough. I mean, I'm, Crips this year, if he's priced at six ten, I'd give it a miss. 
but a five twenty three, I think I'll buy that. Yeah, well, I mean, but, we come to the start of the year, and even if it's you know five seventy five eighty, we're probably having a look. Yeah, and look, the the hardest thing about Crips at the moment is it's not about. I'm picking a guy around about that price. I think to start the year, an M4, and it's it's Batman or is it Robin? And I can't believe I've got Robin in my team, Corey. That's that's the reality because Batman's worth an extra twenty grand. So what happens with Walsh this year? He explodes. This genuinely could be 120. Do you think he's there? I think he's about to get there, yeah. So in that instance, shouldn't you be selecting the player for an extra 20k who's going to average you an extra 10 points a game? Yep. Do you feel there's... I feel there's more risk in Walsh because it hasn't been done before. Yeah. And when I've got 9,000 sitting in my bank and I'm already trying to find 10, 20k to do another couple little things in my team, finding another 20k to get Crips up is um is might be a mountain too far. But ideally, if uh, what I think happens actually happens then Walsh would be my M4 start in the year and not Crips but fuck it's tempting to even go both stat wise does he go up in almost every category this year Walsh goals disposals score involvements goals I reckon no I I think you're going to see a big lift in contested um, you're going to see a big lift in disposals. I, I probably, you know, I dare say it's going to be in efficiency and all the rest of it. Goals, no, he kicked a lot of goals last year, Sam Walsh. I'm talking like literally you could bank a $2.70 anytime goal score Sam Walsh every single week and, and that'll get up in your multi, fair income. He played a lot on the wing and it wasn't until that last month of footy that they said, hey, Walshy, let's get you back into the uh, into more of an inside mid-roll and that's how he's kind of been training this preseason. That's all the talk that's coming out. And then you look at his last month of footy there, and he's got 132, 161, 84, and 119 to finish the year off. He, he since round, uh, what's that, round seven last year, only went under the ton on three occasions. Two of them were a 98 and 84, and he um, eclipsed 140 on in two of those games. He's going to be big. You're talking about a bloke that averaged near on 90 in his first year, 101 in his second. The, the only bloke... From my recollection, that averaged 100 in their second year in terms of, you know, actual irrelevant pick at the moment was Clayton Oliver. Clayton Oliver, yeah. Yeah. And we remember what Oliver did in his third year? When everyone was sitting there worried about him being able to do it, he fucking popped. He popped. And there is – and I think he went near on 115 if my memory serves me. Um, I I, I think – Walsh can go 120. I think more realistically, he's he's probably going to sit that 115 kind of mark. Um, and I just think there's, yeah, I just think there's a lot of there's there's just something about. And I, I know you feel the same. And I've been talking a lot, so feel free here. No, no, no. I'm enjoying listening to this. To be honest, um, I know you feel quite the same about Walsh's. I, I think this is why I've been a... enjoying listening to this so much. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not disagreeing. Yeah, he's um, he's he's going to be a serious fucking football issue. Yeah, and look, I strongly agree with you. Um, and hence why I kind of asked the the stat line projection too. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's such a weird comparison. But you remember, 
you remember watching, and I'm not trying to say he's even close to this level, but when Chris Judd kind of emerged as, you know, that debut season um, as a footballer for West Coast, and, you know, he had all that hype around him, and then he just went from strength to strength as a footballer throughout his career. Walsh is one of those players that I just cannot see any lapse in natural progression, and everything that comes, and they do always come out of very positives out of the football club, but... Every single person that you hear talk about this man, and there was an article that I was telling you about probably a couple of weeks ago that were on the golf course, and they have to try and tell him to just calm down at training. Because yep. at every single training session, you know, it's a 70% workload, and he's going at 140%. Um, and I just think that you're in the window right now that if you select Sam Walsh, you're just not going to be disappointed. Like you're not, and it's it's weird because it's I don't want to pick both Crips and Walsh to start the season, but every time I log on to Supercoach, I trade one of them out for the other. Hmm. I'm not I've too sure if that's where I should be looking or if I should yeah. start looking at actually having them both because, I mean, it, and I talk about it this way, and this is the one thing that I'm, I'm thinking about when it comes to these Carlton uh, Premier midfielders is if one was a forward and one was a mid, they'd both no be in my team. So I shouldn't treat that any differently. I mean, you've got to select the best 22 you can put out there. And I, I just think that they're both priced so sexy at the moment. Like, yep. yeah. Now, come the end of the season, would I be surprised if Oliver Cripps and Walsh were priced at the same price? Not at all. But yeah, right now, the no-brainer for me is, you know, Clayton Oliver at 656 and uh, and the rest so. there. Because yeah, he's not, the safest one of the Correct, yeah. yeah. So, because he's, you know, the the one that I'm just assuming that he's the only one in the team that's going to pop and, and and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I, I love the Sam Walsh pick. Like, I love it. And it's one of those picks that I really want to have the balls going into the season with. Yep. Yeah, uh, do not touch. Um... Oh, fucking, I think there's a whole host of players to do not touch. I think there are, look, you do not touch, I'll, I'll phrase it like this, do not touch every single Carlton player except the following four players. Walsh, Cripps, Williams, and Adam Saad. No, five, Doherty. One there of, is a genuine one possibility. One or two of them have to not be at the level of a team pick, though. So how risky is it? Yeah. Going too heavy on Carlton. I'll tell you now, it might be the first time ever, Corey. Actually, no, I'm going to save that for my outlandish statement, actually. It is risky because a whole bunch of them, you know, when you've got five players um, in the same team and you're kind of, you know, every other week you're thinking, shit, um, you know, who's going to be the one to turn up this week and all the rest. But all five aren't going to pop every single week. We know that. Um the reason why Zach Williams is the one that's sitting in my team at the moment because he offers the friendliest kind of price in yeah, terms no, of yeah. those defenders. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to Walsh and Cripps, again, it's a bit of a flip of the coin, but it wouldn't surprise me if I started both, especially being a Carlton man. But I think you don't touch any other Carlton player apart from the five I'll, I'll literally just mention, though, unless rookies are named. But anyone else, you know, you Fucking your Kernos, your set of fields, your, who else in there? Your Jack Martins, your fucking Harry McKay, anyone. Yeah, Tom Don't get Collins. anyone. Yeah, do not get anyone else. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't really have, like. I can't really add to that because my yeah, do not touch is just yeah, your boring players that kind of emerged last year. You get a lot of people that start with Kerno every single season. It's, you got to avoid that now, I think. Um, 
I don't mind not touching one of Doherty and, you know, Nick Newman or Williams. I don't mind going in without them. But I think, like you said, Williams just provides way too much value at the price. Um, and I wouldn't list them in a do-not-touch file because there is a chance I'd have, you know, one of them throughout the year. And then, of course, you put Sard in there as well. Um, that does scare me with, with the defenders, though. You know, Sard, Newman and Dockers. Um I think Saad's going to be a very, very good player this year for Carlton, and I would not be surprised if he was your number one scoring defender. But in saying that, I don't have the balls to pick him. I agree with that. Yeah. So, I'll tell you what, it's going to be good. It's going to be good to watch Carlton play football this year, I think. And it's going to be interesting to see because through the past few years, well, I can't even say few years because Doherty didn't play for two during that time, but it was evident that. Doherty was the quarterback and that the ball just always went through him. It's going to be interesting now that, you know, because when Doherty last two years, or sorry, three years ago didn't play, two years ago didn't play, and last year Nick Newman didn't play. So they haven't really played in the same team. I know Kate Simpson was floating around, but he was always sort of on the way out and, and phasing out of that kind of role. And now that Williams and Saad, who are good ball users, might be in and around that kind of back 50, it does mean that all ball will certainly not be directed through Doherty. Yeah, like it can't be with what you've bought in. Which is why I think his midfield time, because it has happened through periods of time, um, I think his midfield time increases. Don't know if that translates to supercoach points, because when Doherty's at his best, he's got the field ahead of him, and he can pinpoint kicks. When you're in and around the midfield, things are, you know, you're under pressure. Things are a bit more rushed. So does his kick efficiency go down, but his disposals go up? And then does he end up kind of just averaging what he's been averaging because, you know, certain certain areas have gone up and other areas have gone down. It's, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. But at Williams's, Williams's price, he offers probably the best value, I'd imagine. Your outlandish statement. We will finish the season with three Carlton defenders in the top six, Corey. All of Williams, Doherty, and Sard, and it might be—it's—it's uh, it's not impossible. Hey, it's meant to it's be outlandish. It would certainly shock us. My outlandish statement was going to be Carlton would win the flag, but that's almost a moral at this point, Corey. Yep. Um, you want to know it's funny? My outlandish statement is that defense doesn't live up to expectation. Yep, and what, all three are not top six? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as long as they're top eight. Uh, top eight's good enough. I think, you know, we need to have that kind of attitude. Oh, and, and, and don't forget, I mean, every year, what's the difference between, you know, the the tenth defender to the fourth defender? It's not so much as they finish in the top six. It's when you had them during the season, really, isn't it? Yeah, touche. Yep. What did they average whilst you had them? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, happy to move on to Collingwood, or do you need an extra half an hour? Uh, Corey, can I just say Harry McKay win the Coleman medal this year? There we go. Uh, we were 38 minutes in for Carlton there. No, we're not sure. Nah, 25. That felt quicker than 26, fucking Adelaide. 26, 26. Oh, 26. Definitely wasn't quicker than Adelaide, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, across to the pies, mate. Where are you going, first of all? Um, Eddie Maguire, thank you for a fantastic career. You know, don't let the door hitch on the way out. Um, we'll leave that for another day, eh, boss? No comment, Corey. Yeah, just what a fucking idiot, eh? Just <laughs> a fucking... Oh. Oh, yeah, because the, the viewers we have, Corey, they don't mind a little bit of um, black humour at times. Um, and I'll tell you, I might have something funny in store for my outlandish statement. Okay. Well, she's, 
just be very, very careful. Corey, no, no, no. I've had the authorities actually go over me words here, and I've actually got a written statement for that point in time. But very, very careful. <laughs> Moving on to rookies, Corey. <sighs> now, Corey, don't worry about skull for elites, Corey, because you know what we're doing. What are you doing? We're chugging for elites. I promise you, Corey. He will fucking debut this year. He may even debut round one. $102,000. $102,000. Defender Ford, Corey. The chug. chug. Corey, I'm telling you now, I've got it on very, very strong authority. And I'll tell you, I don't know why he's owned in 16% of teams because I haven't dropped this information yet. But 16%, as we record, that'll probably go up to 79 um, after recorded. He's a chance for round number one, Corey. Why is that chug? A good name, now, too. You talk about Chug for Elites. I've pronounced him more as it. When the last time we pot about two weeks ago? Yep. I've already pronounced him as uh, an Elites member because of his name, Chug yep. for Elites. Now, this is someone who's got some pace. Now, I, I, I can't even tell you where he's going to line up because I'm not surprised if he was um, if he was going to be in uh, the forward pocket, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a back pocket because he can play both roles very good from what I read and from what I understand about him. Um, his disposal is one of his strengths and his speed. Now, his endurance and all the rest of it and his ability to accumulate the ball might not be great, but, um, you know, I think he's he's going to be in and around. He's going to be a pressure kind of player. He can be a shut-down back pocket type or he might be a forward pocket type. Now, when you look at Collingwood and you think about, okay, yeah. what happened with um, uh, who's old mate number five? What's his name again? Jamie Elliott, is that him? Sorry, Jamie Elliott's having a drink. Yep. yep. Um, wh- what happened with him towards the back end last year? More midfield time? Yep. They fucked Stevenson off? Yep. Um, you know, Trelaw's gone, so, you know... All our more... defenders are always fucking injured. Yep. Um, now, there's going to be some position, I reckon, available for this bloke to potentially play a role in this team, and I think he might play that role fairly early on, so... I don't think the people will forget. He's a, but... he's a big boy for his size, too. Hashtag chug for elite score. Yeah, and for how quick he is as well. So, uh, don't mind that there. Um, and I obviously went the safe and easy route bombs for this. I think Finn McRae um, is getting a game from round one. They absolutely love him down there. And he was a big boy. He was drafted as big boy. Um, the better of the McRae's, too. So, um, don't know how... Don't know how that you, you wonder why we let Trelaw go to Collingwood, mate. I mean, Trelaw go to the doggies. We just fucking went like, here, you can have Trelaw. We'll take McRae, my friends. Uh, good trade off. But look, there's a lot, you know, Rantel, Kelly, Bianco, McRae, the Chugster, Chug for Elites. It's there's there's going to be a lot of players getting games this year. No, I'm happy you said Will Kelly because would he would he break his arm or something in this in the second quarter of the yeah. only game he played last year? He was on 36 in that game, Corey. I think when your your forward line now you had a few issues going on, um, obviously in the preseason, you didn't fix the issue that was your most prominent issue, and you fucking decimated probably what was considered your greatest strength in your midfield. Um, How do we decimate that? Well, you got rid of. We got rid of a bloke of... who can't use the ball and bought in oh, Finn oh, McRae. Oh, fucking sorry, Corey. I'll there tell you. you, go. If, you if that's, I apologize for giving. I'll, I'll tell you. Now, if that's not a fucking 
classic fucking Collingwood response. Fucking this cunt's fucking the god when he's when he's in your team. He's a fucking god. He's oh mate Trelaw. You know we we lost on the weekend because fucking Trelaw was injured, yeah, and now he's you. fucking gone. No, I that cunt was shit. Fucking. I promise you, you would ball. never have heard those words <laughs> out of my mouth. But I am a big Trelaw fan. I love Trelaw. But we got Finn McRae now, so don't worry about it. Bill Kelly, one hundred thirty-five thousand. He will play a significant role in the forward line. Hundred percent. I'm talking minimum 16, 17 games, I reckon, this year. Yeah, I don't mind it. 135,000. He should be one you're looking to fill your bench or your last kind of four position spot with at the moment. Yeah, like it. It's uh, we, I'm, I'm telling you, Colin, we're going to bleed a lot of rookies this year, I think. Are you mid-pricer? Um, mid-pricer when it comes to Collingwood. I say his name because he is a mid-pricer. He's not going to break out into the top of his position. But if Dacos is not valued, then I don't know who is. If he was a Ford, yep. he'd be starting in my team this year. Agree. Same. I strongly agree. I'm not going to pick him. I don't have the balls to pick him. I, a I think he's probably a little bit too expensive for what's around him as well. Um, but he was my mid-prosser too. He's, I he, think he's going to have a very good year. He will be better than Cunnington. If you're looking at Cunnington in your team, now what's Cunnington's price? 439 Find yourself an extra three grand and do yourself a favour. Yeah, I don't think I can have another one in that Collingwood Carlton combo there. So it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what team he plays for because he's going to out average Cunnington. It's only Dacos v Cunnington every week. That's it. Yeah, I think Cunners is got, right. Well, you've got less injury concerns with Dacos than you do with Cunners, and I think Dacos will average got a, Cunners season. got a good ass back. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but yeah, uh, Dacos is there for me too. One of those ones that if you have him in a draft league, I think you got a very, very good long-term player. You got a keeper league, and he's a first-round selection this year. Yeah, cannot if, wait if he's there. If he hasn't been retained yeah. by a team, which potentially he hasn't, he's a first-round selection because the draft crop is fucking useless this year. Don't, I mean, don't even worry about the fucking draft crop. He should be the first selected if he's sitting there. Can't wait for the other Dacos to come on next year, too. It's almost, as, you know, he's almost as big as his brother. No, I can't say I knew that, man. There you go. Uh, your primos? Well, which of the five should I speak about? Five? Here we go. Let's go. Well, there's, you literally got five premiums. I mean, the two that I'm likely to start with are Grundy and Sidebum. Yep, they're the ones I've and, got. And they're purely because they're in other positions that um, they can comfortably kind of be the best in. So I'll take Grundy if you don't mind, Corey, and, and you can have side bump. Dab, love it. But uh, but Grundy at 650. Now, I mean, it's no secret that he's, um, he's what do you call it? What were they in fucking last year? A, uh, a bubble? A fucking uh, hub? Yeah, the hub, yep. I mean, Corey. No secret that he was not a fan of that. Now, <laughs> I think he said that on multiple occasions. Yeah, and, and then if you if you go look at how he starts the year last year, and thanks to fanfooty.com.au, Corey, one seventy nine, one fifteen, one hundred three, one thirty five, one fifty one, one hundred seven, one forty four. It sort of tapers off after that point, but um, 
you know, that's when he was probably thinking, fucking COVID's not going to last long. Like, we all were a bit oblivious to how long this was going to hang around for Corey. And numbers were very, very good. And then he only averaged 120 on the season. And when I say he only averaged 120, it's because he averaged 130 in the two years fucking before that. So, um, I mean, I think you've got a bloke who can walk up average 120. And um, for those that are not running the Gorn-Grundy combo and, and only want to run the one of them, I think, uh, and I would have said this on the, the pod last time we spoke, Corey, I think there is more potential for Grund, uh, Gorn to drop in price versus Grundy drop in price. And for that reason, Grundy has been my ruck number one since day one and hasn't moved out at any point so far. Yeah, walked out of that pod sitting with that too comfortably. Um there as well. Look, I'll talk about side bottom. I think I think we're we are potentially looking at the number one averaging forward this year. Um, if he's not there, I wouldn't. He won't be going lower than probably two or three. Fine wine, bumps is probably the easiest way to, to describe side bottom. Um, with Trelaw going out, he's going to have to do a lot more kind of up and around the guts rather than off a half forward flank too. So side bottom is going to have a fantastic year, um, and I will. I might go a little bit early now too. I think um, I think he's going to average his highest ever for the coach season this year, still side bottom, and uh, you know surpass that 113 that he had in uh, 2014 as well. I will not start the season without him. I'm strongly considering starting without him. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine, and I understand. Do you know why? Yeah. Why? Well, two of the last four seasons he hasn't averaged more than 96. First of all, last year was his best average. What was, what was that stat? He has an average more than 96 in two of his last four years. So, so he averaged 101, 110 and 96 on the dot. Well, 95.9, 94.2, 101.6 and 109.4 is the numbers I've got here, Corey. Now, Can, do you want to, do you want to give me the four seasons before that as well? Or just while you're at it? Well, he's a fine wine, Corey. So the four years before that, probably he should be doing even worse than that because yeah, he should so have been. You know, fine fine wines always uh, sit really well in the middle too, mate. Their life. Oh, do they? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Corey. Me, yeah, me right. alcohol, wine, alcohol consumption use is probably not up to your exquisite standard That's over there. Uh, thanks to Harry's uh, Harry Brown, um, Corey. Two of the years, anyway. Whatever way you kind of look at it, he has an average above a hundred. I just feel like for a guy. Oh, bro, seven of the last nine have been like 103 <laughs> plus, and you want to give me the two years that weren't. Well, that's right, because they're relevant. They've he almost won a Brownlow in the year he averaged 94. Can I, yeah, he did. He came second, <laughs> didn't he? That's that's a worry. I think I, I had a look at side bum in, in terms of I compared his with Trelaw to with his without Trelaw scores in recent times. And you know what the difference was between the two? What? About two fucking points. Yeah. It don't matter, I don't think. And so when you've got players like Dacos potentially jumping into the midfield and, you know, you might play a guy like Rupert Wills or Sear or someone like that, I think there's – um, I just don't know how much is going to change for side bum. I'm, I'm more of a wait and see because if he is going to have one of these 90 averaging or mid-90 averaging seasons, I, I certainly don't want to be on it at close to 600,000. And I'd rather invest my money in a bloke that I'm more comfortable that will certainly average 100 and potentially 110. 
And it's just, you know, horses for courses. We'll keep yeah. laughing. You can uh, laugh. Oh, he played nine games last year and averaged 110. Look, that's your sample data. And you want to, you keep crocking on it's, about, you're crocking it's on about, two, you're crocking on about two years ago. And then before that, four years ago. If I'd done this for any other player, any other player, you would be having a fucking fit. I will say this. Like, I brought up Crips is not fucking being that good last year. And you told me it was irrelevant. Yeah, because the two years before that, it was at 120. And <laughs> Sidebottom being at 123. And he's uh, fucking... He averaged yeah. 110 last year. He's 60 grand cheaper than Sidebottom, too. Yeah, you listen to One's me. a forward, one's a mid. He's, he's got potential to go missing Sidebottom. Now, you can't say that occasionally he has the game where he only gets fuck-all touches, has fuck-all impact. Listen to... Listen, just hear me out. For someone who, in the two of the past four years, so in 50%... Of the last four years of his career, Corey, he hasn't been able to average 100, and they're because he has consistently kind of gotten scores like 60, 70. I just think that an early upgrade option, if he has a game or two like that in the first eight or nine, I'm not saying he's not top six, Corey. I'm just saying that from all those guys we look at in the forward line, we look at the Dusties, we look at Danger, Dunkley, Marshall, Zorko even, you look at all those guys I think there's some real potential to get side bottom at potentially sub 500k, you know, around seven, eight, or nine into the season. Yeah, and at that stage, he's already put out four 120s, and you're just like, fucking hell, I wish I got those scores in there. I've, I've probably got Dangerfield to put out six 130s. I've got Dangerfield too. Well, that's all right then. then I'll fucking, maybe I'll get Sam Walsh, who's put out 170 every week. Oh, what do you want? What do you want from me? Look, I'm, I'm not saying, saying pick him, but I just think your reasons for picking him. I think I think you're plucking at straws, and and it'll happen up forward. It'll happen, but I just I'm not I'm not buying your fucking four years data, your four years spread of data. It's, that's just crap. Anyway, um, that was probably a little bit more. Who are the others? Who are your other three? By the way, well, there's obviously Taylor Adams who's done another hammy. So oh, you're not how fucking bad him. was that? Now Taylor Adams averaged 111 without Adam Trelaw in the last 12 months. Which, not that fucking good, if you ask him. Like, it's good, but I thought it was going to be a bit more, to be honest, Corey. Um, the one that might interest you, the one that benefited the absolute most from Trelaw not being in the team was actually Scott Pendlebury. You know, Scott Pendlebury averaged 115.5 when Trelaw did not play. There you go. Now, you talk about a fine wine, Corey. I'm not encouraging people to pick um, Scott Pendlebury, but I just think that in terms of, um, you know, value, because when you look at him, he has an average under 100 for what fucking since 2007 was the last time he averaged under 100. Got him in all my draft leagues. Yeah, I just think that 115, and I mean, you can just tell when you watch Collingwood play that they're, they're literally fucked without him. Yeah. Like, you just literally are not a, not even a football club, I think, when, when Scott Pendlebury's not on the field. He's, he's headless. I think you'll be relying on him again, and I actually quite like the fact that his numbers are 115 without Trelaw. I'm not saying he's going to go 115, but it, it's, you know, you look at the last four years, he's only averaged 110 once in the last four years. What I'm saying with him is I think he might be able to do 110 again. Pendles. Pendles. And I actually think he's going to be the number one averaging midfielder for your club, side bum included. Yeah, Scotty P. Look, I can see it happening. Like I said, got even on my draft league, so I don't hate that. What about the boys down back? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously Chris, who's... Um, Chris, you know, how? What do you think? Big fan of mine. Now, how I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to yeah. touch him with... Injury? Fucking, 
not even going to touch him with Nakai Cockatoo. Um, well, yeah. injury, but also how do you come back from that? There's often defenders that just have one good year. I'm not going to go near it. I much prefer Maynard. I think Maynard, Maynard showed consistently. He scores 70, 80 points and a half, but he just couldn't fucking convert that into a really big score. If he can put together a year, I think he's one that could fucking really go, to be honest. Um, like if he can have, you know, more consistent kind of quarters, he could average 107, 108, maybe even 110 and build on that 102 scored last year. But Crisp is someone I've always had a bit of a uh, crush on. And I, and I just think there's going to be one year that Crisp is going to be a non-negotiable because it always happens. Defenders just feel like they're in and around that sort of average. And then they explode for a year and they kind of just kick it back a bit. Crisp is going to have that year somewhere in the next two to three. It might be this year. Yeah, I just think there's just so much options, isn't there? Collingwood had always been a super coach friendly team when you consider some of the players they've had because we've had Taylor Adams as a defender before. We've had side bummers a Ford before. We've had Dane Beams over the years. We've had Swan, Pendles. Obviously, we've had Grundy for you know a period of time and Maynard and Howe last year showed their worth and Crisp has been floating around. They've always had some really good kind of um, really good style of footy, footy. Yeah. 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 Fuck. You do not touch. <sighs> trying yeah. to keep this as quick fire as I possibly Ta- can too. Sorry. <laughs> Ta- well, I'm going to keep with Taylor Adams because the hamstring scares me and his numbers without Trelaw weren't good enough to warrant starting him right now. It's funny because if we were talking about this the other day, it would have been probably a completely different kind of conversation, wouldn't it? We could probably talk about this in two weeks, Corey, and it might be a different conversation again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, mine's Jordan Degoe. I, I can't see him getting anywhere near that midfield. You know Brett's starting him again? Oh, for fuck's sake. Brett doesn't Have care, you... but... Apparently he cares this year. He's starting to go in, he rec- and I've seen Walsh in his team too, actually. There you go. What's, what's his... Do you think he's getting, what, back near the midfield, or...? I just think he's just going to fucking go down with his ship. I mean, he can't accept that sometimes the, the Titanic was never going to reappear to the surface, Corey. And um, he's going to do all he can to fucking try and push it back up when really what he needs is a fucking hairdryer to fucking get rid of the iceberg that was in the middle of the ocean. He's just going to go down with it. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to keep fucking riding it. Uh, I told you so. I told you, I told you good to go in. <laughs> he's going to sound like one day. Oh, you got to love him. Um, yeah, what's the last outlandish statement? Now, yeah, you talk about outlandish. Eddie McGuire, Corey. He's going to come back one day own up to his ego and his possibly uh, – I'm just trying to think of the right words here, Corey. I did have the, the people out here reading my uh, my script, but the script's actually gone for the moment. But he's actually going to come out and fucking fess up to being a fucking racist dog, right, and um, own up to his fucking part in it all. And at that point, you'll be reinstated as Collingwood president, and then he'll serve another 26 years. That's my land <laughs> statement. <laughs> that'll, that'll probably be next week, <laughs> Very, very good. Um, oh, my outlandish statement is uh, no team is going to produce um, more cash cows than Collingwood this year. Yeah, I like that, actually. Yep. If you want a super coach outlandish statement, Pendlebury will uh, will return to, to top 10 averaging in t- uh, for a midfielder this year. 
Don't mind. We, we, how far off was he last year? He wouldn't have been too far off. Look, he, you know what? It's probably going to blow up my face. He's probably in the top 10 as I scroll. That's uh, right. Number 15 on average, number 15. But he did only play 13 games. <laughs> Do you know, last year I traded a good friend, uh, uh, Mr. Hull, um, Zach Dawson. Uh, not Zach Dawson, um, Jordan Dawson for Pendles when the Pendles COVID scare happened. Oh, my God. Keeper League? Yep. Yeah. What did... Oh, fucking Dawson. How did you manage that scam? Yeah. It's pretty good. You literally... You've scammed a few in your time, haven't you? <laughs> they learn, though. Fucking Aussie, that's what I mean. Anything else to add, my friend? Nope. All right. Get into Patreon. I can't keep uh, touching on it enough. It's worth it. Bumps is talking and shit in there, and he's talking rubbish, and every other shit's going on, and it's always good. Um... I think that's it. On behalf of the patrons, Bombs and myself, patrons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elite. Peace out, community, and thank you for listening.